welcome back to another episode of Clean Simple Free, the podcast where we discuss how clean spaces make for a more simple way of life, and when your life is simplified, your mind will feel free. I'm your host, Ashley Alexia Fox, and this is episode 6, Frugal or Minimal. Today's topic is about frugality versus minimalism. These two lifestyles seem very closely related at first glance, and it's not an incorrect way of thinking. When you think about minimalism, you tend to think about saving money, saving time, and clearing space. Frugality is all about saving money as well, and buying in bulk to save trips to the store, which also saves time. But I'd like to highlight the subtle differences between the two, because frugality might be hindering your minimalist journey. Personally, I've always considered myself fairly frugal. I shop by looking at the price per ounce at the grocery store, I'll use coupons when I have them, and I'll drive to another store if I can find something I need to buy for a lower price elsewhere. I do cook at home the majority of the time, and only really splurge on dining out when it's a date night or when friends are over. I am absolutely in favor of a frugal lifestyle. However, when I first started my minimalist journey, I thought that my frugality would really help me, but I found myself in a trap of, why is there still so much stuff that I have or am holding on to? I got rid of everything I don't need, right? That was only partially true. I realized that I was holding on to things for just-in-case purposes because of my frugality. I started noticing things around my home, like art supplies that I got on sale that I thought I might use for a project but didn't really have a clear-cut vision for, and clothes that weren't really my style or maybe didn't fit properly, but they were brand new so I was keeping them for someday and that day never came. While these behaviors are perfectly normal, I actually found that my inability to part with things that I had spent good money on was creating roadblocks along my minimalist path. Once I realized the connection, I did a brief walkthrough of my home and found out just how many duplicate or expired beauty products I had. I saw the sheer amount of toys my pets had, some of which they no longer played with. There were all of these things I found that I was ready to let go of. So in this episode, I'd like to highlight the differences between being frugal and being minimal. Before we get any further, I'd like to say that I still live a financially conscious lifestyle, and there's nothing wrong with pinching pennies and being responsible with your money. I just want to point out some subtleties that you may begin to notice if you're a frugal person who has adopted a minimal lifestyle. First, let's look at the definitions of the words. According to Lexico.com, which is a collaboration between Dictionary.com and Oxford University Press, the definition of minimalist and minimal, respectively, is, quote, a person who advocates or practices minimalism, lacking decoration or adornment, deliberately simple or basic in design or style, of a minimum amount, quantity, or degree, characterized by simplicity and lack of adornment or decoration, Unquote. Now let's look at the word frugal. From lexico.com, frugal is defined as, quote, sparing or economical as regards to money or food, simple and plain and costing little, unquote. Merriam-Webster defines frugality as, quote, careful management of material resources and especially money, unquote. Seems pretty similar at first glance, right? But by definition, a minimalist has only what is required or essential, 
whereas a frugal person is saving, sparing, and not wasteful. It's very subtle, but the difference is one worth noting. You can get caught up in saving things just in case, which can be a huge pitfall for those of us who are trying to declutter and organize our homes. And speaking as someone who is both frugal and minimal, it might be hard to let go of things you think you might need. So to clarify and elaborate on this topic, I'm going to offer hypothetical examples of questions and answers with the type of responses a frugal person versus a minimalist might offer to compare and contrast the differences between the two. Keep in mind that I'm using extremes for these examples. In episode 3, I go over an extensive list of common questions to ask ourselves while we're decluttering. So let's use this list of questions and play along with me because as we ask these questions, let's imagine that these are all things that can be parted with or that the answer to is no. So in this imaginary scenario, let's say the first question is, do I use this item? If the answer is no, the frugal response might be, no, but I might, whereas the minimalist response would be, no, it no longer serves a purpose, I'm going to part with it. Is this item in good condition? If it isn't, the minimal response would be, no, and I haven't taken the time to fix it, it's time to let go, whereas the frugal response would be, no, but there might be something I can use it for or fix it with, I'm going to hang on to it. Do I need this? The minimal reply might be, no, I don't, it's time to give it away or donate it, and the frugal reply might be, no, but I might find later that I need it, and if and when that day comes, I'll be prepared. Do I like this? A minimal reply, no, this article of clothing doesn't fit well or this piece of decor doesn't match my taste, I'm going to let it go. A frugal reply, no, I don't like it, but I might like it again one day because I liked it before. I'm going to hang on to it for when that day comes. Does this serve a purpose in my home, whether it's something useful or decorative? Does it serve a purpose in any way, even if that purpose is just to make me happy? Minimal reply, no, it's clutter. I'm going to toss it. Frugal reply, no, but I might be able to repurpose it or use it for something else. Do you see the subtle difference in these questions? I've been guilty before of all the wrong answers, so to speak, and every person is different and on a different path. It took me a few years to distinguish the changes in my habits and behavior once I noticed how frugality affected me, but hopefully this can help if you recognize yourself in any of these hypothetical scenarios. Now, I'm not insinuating that frugal people are just messy pack rats, and all of these frugal answers can also be applied to people who just have a hard time letting go, or those with the just-in-case bug, or to anyone really, just because of the way we are wired as human beings. And I'm saying this as someone who has a tendency to save things to recycle, upcycle, repurpose, or re-gift. Personally, I found it difficult to draw a line between what was actual clutter in my life and what was actually useful, and once I realized my frugal nature was working against me, it opened my eyes. So if you're hanging on to projects that will never be finished, items that will never be repaired, duplicates for no reason, if these things have not helped you out in the way you hoped they would in a set amount of time, whether that's a year or six months or one month, free yourself from those burdens and go ahead and let go of that clutter. 
We're going to discuss practical ways to curb certain behaviors and the psychological reasons behind why we do what we do. But first, a word from our sponsor. And welcome back to the episode. So with the example questions and responses I used, I've discussed the tendency for those of us who are frugal to hold on to things so as not to waste them. But how can we change these behaviors to benefit us in our daily lives? There are a few different ways to go about this. The first would be to buy less. And one way to put this into practice is to think about what it is that you're buying and determine if it's a benefit or a burden. For example, if there's a sale on a grocery item that you eat regularly, stock up. If buying paper towels in bulk is more cost effective in the long run, go for it. These are items that will most definitely be used and are therefore beneficial. On the other hand, let's say that there's an after Christmas clearance sale. A frugal or cost-conscious person might be tempted to fill the cart with rolls of wrapping paper, tons of gift tags, and bows to save money for next year. While these items will be useful when Christmas rolls around again, purchasing these right after the holiday could create a burden. They'll have to be stored, taking up valuable space at home, and we may even overbuy. Gift wrap can be quite pricey, and for those of us who have a hard time passing up a great deal, we may stock up on more than we need, creating a burden that will last a year or more. It makes much more sense to spend the bit of extra cash to purchase the exact amount that you need when Christmas comes again. The biggest way we can combat the urge to overbuy is by curbing the cycle of spending, stopping impulse shopping just because we find a bargain, and only buy what we need when we need it. I had an epiphany one day when I was cleaning out my fridge and tossing a ton of unused produce that had spoiled. I was thinking of all the money and perfectly good food I was wasting, and I came to the conclusion that it's far better to shop for only what I needed that week instead of making a huge shopping trip for the month. There's less wasted food, and therefore money, and even though stopping at the store more frequently can feel like somewhat of a chore, the benefit of buying only what I need far outweighs continuing to waste resources. So think about the small changes you can make in your life, and be mindful of them when you shop for household items, clothing, groceries, etc. I'm going to switch topics to discuss a concept called the sunk cost fallacy. This is a topic very closely related to loss aversion, which I discuss in great detail in episode 2. Christopher Olivola is an assistant professor of marketing at Carnegie Mellon's Tepper School of Business. Olivola says, quote, The sunk cost effect is the general tendency for people to continue an endeavor or continue consuming or pursuing an option if they've invested time or money or some resource in it. That effect becomes a fallacy if it's pushing you to do things that are making you unhappy or worse off, unquote. For example, let's say you pay $20 for a burger. Maybe it tastes excellent, maybe it's not so great. Either way, you're more likely to try and finish that entire burger, even if it makes you uncomfortably full, because you've invested your resources in it. Maybe you pre-purchase tickets to a concert or a movie. Even if you feel sick that night, or traffic makes it a huge pain to get there, you'll be more likely to attend that event no matter what because your financial investment in that event has already been made. 
So even if you'd feel better off not finishing your food or not attending that event and doing something more fun instead, as humans, our psychological makeup causes us to feel the need to make the best use of our resources, even if it's at our personal expense. This is a result of cognitive dissonance, which explains the mental disconnect between paying for something and not getting your expected return on investment. This is why it is so hard to part with things that we've already invested money into. This explains why we have such a hard time letting go of things that we spent good money on, even though deep down we know we'll never use it. Olivola goes on to say, quote, All of these things are irrational, in the sense that you should realize the money is gone, but I do think people do these things because they want to convince themselves that they've managed to recapture the loss, unquote. I love looking into the psychology behind our human behaviors and why we do what we do. So I hope this episode has helped. Hopefully it can help you to have a better life and just inspect your behaviors Just realize what you can change and the little differences that you can make here and there that will help you to live a fuller life, and it's okay to be frugal. You can be frugal and be a minimalist. I am living proof of that. (laughs) I think that as long as you are conscientious and begin to recognize and break the cycles of mindless shopping, impulse buying, our journeys can be made a little easier on us. Thank you so much for listening. This is a weekly podcast. Whatever platform you may be listening on, I'd really appreciate it if you could give it a rating, give it a review, follow or subscribe, and tune in next week for a brand new episode. If you would like to add any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Instagram at clean.simple.free, or you can email me directly at clean.simple.free at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I wish you all a peaceful and productive week.